This week on the How To Be 60 podcast, we're joined by the legendary Joe Brand. Plenty of laughs, but we also go deep. Is absolutely dragging your life out to the complete and utter end when you're in pain. Um, you know, there's nobody around you that you want to be around you. You've lost friends, blah, blah, blah. Is that still better than not existing anymore? And I don't, I, to be honest, I don't know the answer to that myself. And I think it's a very interesting question. And I'm wondering how to be 60. It's scaring the shit out of me. Hi all and welcome to How To Be 60, looking at life beyond the big 6-0 with me, Kay Adams, and her, Karen McKenzie, who is already creeping me out, stressing me out, and really annoying me. Um, <laughs> Don't deserve this. I've well, no, you turned do. turned up for you, kickoff. No, I told you that I was really stressed because I've had a really hard morning, and then you offered to give me a massage. And you know I don't like that kind of thing. I actually didn't know you didn't you. like that, but it's raised a whole new number of issues oh, about intimacy. I'm not racing. suggesting that I am intimate with you, but even touching. What should I don't even want to go there today because I don't mind being touched by people I want to be touched by. But um, you know, if you're going to say to me, "Calm down and relax," then I did not me... say those words because I know that that would actually rile me if somebody said that to me. All I offered was a bit of a shoulder massage. I know, but why did you think that would make me feel relaxed? God. Jesus well, I thought it couldn't Christ. get any worse. Anyway, come on, let's breathe. Right. <sighs> and the other thing that is stressing me out is it's not going to be long until How To Be 60 is going to be How To Be 60 with Karen McKenzie and friends. And I'm just going to be completely out of it. Email after effing email. We love Karen. We love Karen. Your ascent and my descent. Is I think they're seeing sickening. the real you, basically. <laughs> Do you think that's what Yeah, it I is? think it is. There's obviously a persona that you put on in loose women if that's what you call it and then the bit, little <laughs> bit of radio program that you've got as well however this you're coming through do you think that yeah it's actually me yeah when i was at my nordic walking on saturday <laughs> one of my co-walkers said that Kay adams is really mean to you and i said oh she's fine i give us back you know as good as i get she went no she's mean to you i think she's really mean she was just being defensive about being a nordic walker she knows it's stupid she knows she's walking with sticks through a park and she is starting to feel a bit sort of defensive about it what's her name uh what's her name christine hi christine really sorry i'm actually very nice but actually you know what she said i do enjoy your podcast but i listen to them in the evening and i keep falling asleep well, that's not a good thing. So she goes back to where she left off the following. So it must take her probably all week to get the. Anyway. Do you think she's finished one yet? <laughs> well, she's not come across any guests, so maybe not. Yeah, a Nordic walker with narcolepsy. That's quite a thing, actually, isn't it? You don't want to fall asleep when you're mid stick, do you? That would be absolutely awful. Um, I actually got an email in address to Karen and T, T E A. I thought, oh, this is good. Explain I've been demoted further. to wet, weak, and tepid. You know, this is <laughs> well, there we are. To be fair, it was from Lorna, and she did say she had emailed by voice text, and she uh, hoped that would be okay. Do you use voice text? I use, I don't think it's called voice text. Isn't it not called voice voicemail? It's not voicemail. It's voice something. <laughs> yeah, I do. No, I don't like it. I don't like it because you can't listen to it in private. And actually, I, I was, I, had to use it the other day because somebody was getting, was going back and forth with somebody, and then I had to. Um, I didn't have time to text because I was on my way out, so I left them a voicemail. Voicemail. Good. And for you. then, um, 
like a day later, two days later, she came back with this thing. And I said, what are you talking about? <laughs> and that's because, of course, the conversation was on text mail or whatever the hell you call it. So you've got no <laughs> record of it. You've got to go and listen to it again. It's just so annoying. It's how's so annoying. Your, um, how are you getting on with your Airbook Mac? I know it's not called Airbook Mac. <laughs> it's called Air Mac, Mac Airbook. Mac Airbook. That's it. That's it. God, you know what? I wish I really was as perfect as you, Kate. It oh, must be wonderful being up there in the in the majority of one. It's okay, where you it's okay. are. No, no, you're right. Christine from Nordic Walking was right. I'm an absolute <laughs> bitch. There's no two ways about it. Air MacBook. MacBook Air. <laughs> MacBook Air. I'm going to start with my surname, Mac. Yes. MacBook Air. That's right. Got it. That's right. It's you just have MacBook to think Air. about a way to go. Well done. Well done. It's fine, but I bought a printer and I can't even begin to. Oh, that's not going to printers. That, I, I just can't. I can't do. Oh, printers you at that level today. as well? No, no. Yeah, I am. Can't do printers. And I'm actually, I'm not as good at tech as I'm trying to pretend that I am. And the good thing is, no, that I just saw that. Neither. Yes, I know you did. I exposed myself horribly there. Um, not Jill literally. Brand. Very excited that she is our guest today. I am. In good company, we got a message from uh, Joe's agent saying that Joe's daughter is going to be out of the house. So Joe's in charge of the tech on her own, and we had to be patient. So that made me feel a lot better that we weren't just the two of us, complete numpties. I bet Joe's still better than the pair of us. I think she probably is. Maybe yeah. we should just write everyone a letter and forget all this podcast shit. <laughs> you know, I wonder if our listeners are as hopeless as we are you know they're constantly sticking their earbuds up their nose and shouting meredith why is this buffering oh <laughs> I, I i get i'm just frightened of technology i think that's what it is you don't have any of that half brick of christmas cake with you do you, you can piss right off no actually i took a block of my christmas cake up to have more last weekend and then I realised <laughs> it was from the year before because the icing was I told was you that would happen. No, but it's the second last one. So I told you that would happen well, if you put Christmas cake you in know the what? freezer and it, it's February. No fucker's really, going to eat this stuff and you're going to have it. It was really tasty and it was finished. What? It was really tasty. I've still got one more, one third to go from this year. Oh, my God. No, I haven't, but... Um, yeah, I've got in touch with Because, me. you know, Joe Brand, extra slice, this is what she expects. Everywhere she goes these days, somebody's got to slap a bit of cake on the table or she gets I've really got pissed oat off. Cakes. Would that be any better? <laughs> oat cakes. There's only two. You've got two oat cakes and the tiniest little Tupperware I have well, ever seen in my life. Oh my God, it's like a baby's rattle. Don't turn them because <laughs> then you can't eat them. Hang on, look what I've got. I went to the shops. I have got a great ruddy big slice of Victoria sponge. That's what I've got. Oh, my God. Oh, no, that, that's lemon cake. That's from my dinner, actually. Um, here we go. Victoria oh, slice. Nice. Look at this. She is going to love me a lot more Hang on. than she loves you. Right. Get right. Don't. Uh, stop. Your, no. What stop. happens is that Kay, as we saw last week, put her blinking fingers over everything. A bit like like you have now. just done. Well, yeah. What was yeah. she doing? I love the biggest bit. Thanks. Oh, my God. Um, right, listen, we've got nice. to get on because Joe's obviously going to get very bored with this, but I just have to quickly ask you, right. how was Valentine's Day? Well, I haven't seen you since Valentine's Day. Was there much buffering going on? I actually got a bouquet of flowers from Stephen. Did you? Mm -hmm. And that's the first time that's happened probably in Do you think God knows how many somebody years. else? Eh? Well, oh, come God. on. Why else would he get you flowers? I never thought of that. No, there were lovely colours. There weren't horrible pinks and orange sorry i just i like i know exactly what i like and actually i'd said to him this christmas don't bother it for my birthday don't bother getting me any flowers Stephen, because i haven't got the heart to say because i don't like the pinks and the reds that you choose and all this and all that. anyway 
greens, greens and creams, and yeah, beautiful. Green and cream? Yeah, I like greens and creams in my flowers. Oh, very nice. So what uh-huh. did you get him? Well, luckily, I'd made a chocolate mousse. And I, I did it in a little ramekin condition. then I got a bit of... Um, did you smear it over him? No, I, and I did a little... Uh, I cut a little heart out of um, thingy bob flour and put icing sugar on top of it. Oh, it my on. God, I know, too old then romantic. I stuck, then I stuck it in the fridge and it sort of went like that. You know, it spreads. By the time I took it out at 6 o'clock or 7 o'clock, oh, it was I a bit... Oh, I don't know. There's like... something creepy about old romantic people, <laughs> don't you think? Only because you haven't got any romance in your life at all. <laughs> you won't even let me touch it. Um well, that's hardly going to be romance, is it? Um, I got taken out for dinner, actually, but I was Did so you? tired. He said, we're going out for See, dinner, and I thought, oh, fuck. On no, Valentine's please. Day? Yes, on Valentine's oh, Day. God. But then we got there, and we said, well, we'll just have a quick quick dinner, and it was a set Valentine's menu, God. 55 quid, and that was before booze. So you tell you what, his face changed. He was not happy at all. Did you have to um, show him a good time later? Have you ever – it's funny – I'll tell you this in a minute. I'll tell you this in a minute. I want, I want to get on. I want to speak to Joe, and I'm going to put this little thing in because I had a really weird experience the other week with a young woman who was so in love. It was unbelievable. And she kept telling me about her husband, and he was amazing. He was fantastic. And she just kept going on about him. And I thought, I don't know if I've ever in my life felt that way, been so effusive about a romantic partner. And I don't know whether that's I'm old and I've forgotten or whether that has just never been in me yeah have you let's think about that one you, you want some emails here Don't we go offend people. um this is from joe in south australia oh it's another joe there we go there we go that's almost almost as if we meant it to be uh she says hi king karen i love your podcast i've listened from the very beginning i thoroughly enjoyed everyone laughed out loud learned things Oh, she's learned things. I've learned anything. Um, I'm 66 years old now, retired almost four years. Retirement has not been an easy journey for me, but that's a story for another day, work in progress. Um, This is interesting. She said, I I listened with great interest to Denise Welsh, particularly the part where she was talking about her hormones, menopause and depression, not my own experience, but my mother's. Mm. She went through the menopause 41 Quickly, swiftly, no problems. Then in the ensuing six years, suffered two major breakdowns requiring hospitalization and long-term medication for the rest of her life. Um, That was the late 60s and 70s. I understand medicine's come a long way since then, but not one doctor ever asked her about the state of her menstrual cycle. HRT never spoken about or offered, and I just wondered how much one condition exacerbated uh, the other, Um, which... It's interesting because it is something that, you know, we talk about now, but certainly, you know, my mum had a breakdown when I think back. Is that right? I would be about 15, so she would be about 45 or 46, and it never occurred to me or anyone else that it would be the menopause. Perimenopausal. But then I can't think of any other reason that my mum would have had a breakdown. And you wonder how many female doctors are around then? Maybe there were as well. Well, I I don't necessarily think female doctors, to be honest, at that time would have been, been more. I don't know. I, I'm not sure they would have been an awful lot better um, because that was just, at the time, it wasn't something that was discussed. God, it's scary, isn't it? It is. And it's not even that long ago. It doesn't feel like it's that long ago. I know. Um, Marianne says, another fab podcast, ladies. Uh, I love listening to you talking to Eamon. I felt you bristling, Karen, wanting to give Eamon Holmes your words of wisdom and Absolutely. say, go and live a life in that bungalow in Belfast. Oh, so much I wanted to do that. <laughs> just do it. I saw you. God. You were containing yourself. 
<laughs> go fucking do it everyone. god how many years have you got left for god's sake live for yourself yeah i think we all listened with deep compassion for him as he opened up so candidly about illness life being male white getting older on a stage he's always known i guess no matter what life throws at you your happiest moments is being loved and giving love uh love the podcast it's brilliant uh, ooh, you two are so fabby uh can't wait to hear joe brand and i promise you this just came in uh, best hoot ever is joe's tale of her doing aerobics to free nelson mandela thank god <laughs> well that is the very first thing that we're going to ask her straight after this Do keep these emails coming in, podcast at htb60.com. Apart from anything else, great questions for our guests, so it means that we don't have to do so much work, which is fantastic. Joe, how are you? I'm good, thanks. Happy memories. <laughs> of doing aerobics to free Nelson Mandela. Yeah. Tell no. us. <laughs> um, very, very briefly, I went to aerobics once with a friend of mine, and we were doing arm exercises where you just held your arms out in the beside you and then you just twirled them round and round and they played the extended version it was 14 minutes long oh, no. <laughs> after about three minutes i couldn't really feel my hands much anymore right and it was just and and after that i, I thought i'd just go to the loo and i left and never went back oh what God. took you there if you only ever went once uh why did i go there in the first place yeah because you, you clearly went that keen my flatmate made me, that's why. <laughs> she went that's soon like, after. That's like going up to dance. You remember when you used to go to the dances and then somebody asked you to dance and you think, Christ, it's a 10-inch single as opposed to... I wondered the... what you were going to say. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I would quite fancy a 10-inch single myself. <laughs> and you thought, oh, God, it's a long plane one. This is, the song's been on forever and he was the only one left in the dance room. Oh, God. Anyway, sorry. That just... That was your love Probably life. It mine. wasn't necessarily mine or Joe's. Maybe we had them queuing up, eh, hey, Joe? No, thank you. I didn't, thank God. I remember that very, very well because um, I, I was I was sort of overweight when I was at kind of in my early 20s and um, I, lo I went on a really stupid diet and I lost like two, three stone really quickly. And I remember a guy who worked opposite the wine bar that I used to work in. We were really good mates and we really used to have a laugh together. And then when I lost all the weight, his attitude towards me totally changed, which I presume meant he kind of fancied me rather than just oh. thought I was a mate. And he became, it all became quite creepy and oh. pervy. And I just didn't like it. So put it back on again. <laughs> I have actually, in all the years, and I have really followed your career, Joe, because without being too fangirly, um, you know, I, I always have been a fan, genuinely. But I don't think I've ever heard you ever say before that you ever tried to lose weight. No, I don't, well, I don't talk about that very often. It was it was a long time ago, back in the 1850s, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I did, I did early on, because I think it matters more when you're younger, really. Um, because you just sort of get fed up with people's attitude towards it. I mean, I think things have changed a bit these days, but people were a lot more judgmental in those days in terms of walking past you and chucking a comment at, at you as they went past, you know, which just made me want to punch them, really, and that's not a good look. Yeah. Well, it's not bad, but, you know. So, yeah, I just... Um, no, I, d I didn't talk about it very often. Um, 
And, and of course, when I started doing stand-up, I just used to talk about cakes, and now I do a show about cakes. Um, and I've, I've never been that keen on cakes, really. Oh, my the God. Reason, the reason that I did it was that, you know, whenever you saw, do you remember those cake adverts on telly, oh, my God, years ago? Naughty but nice. Do you remember those? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Um, and every person that sort of advertised them, it was normally a, a, a beautiful woman that's suggestively licking some sort of donut with something coming out of it. And, <laughs> <Yep>. um, oh, <laughs> I'm sorry, I can see you. <laughs> you okay? I know, she's, she's seductively <laughs> licking the cream off her fingers, isn't she, or trying to? That was exactly what it was like. <laughs> well, that's kind of creepy. <laughs> but you never had fat people, did you, appetising cake? Doing these, yeah. That would have been, no, you know, showing no restraint. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's why I did the whole cake thing, just to kind of go, meh. Up your taste. Well, you, yeah, you do have, um, we, we do have Karen's oat cakes here. Do they look any more appealing to you? I don't mind an oat cake if there's no cardboard <laughs> to chew, Carol. <laughs> um. They're better than that. Do you no, think? All right. They, yeah, I, I quite like the flavoured so. ones. They haven't got round to a Haribo one yet, but you never no, know. No, actually, you're right. The bought cheese ones are nice. I've tried to make well, are, homemade cheese ones. And I think you have to get cheese granules or something like that rather than putting real cheese in it. And then I thought, it's too much of a faff. I'll move on to something. Is there such a thing as a cheese granule? Yeah, have you just made that up? I've never even heard Possibly. of a cheese granule. No, I think, no, if you look in the back <laughs> of the um, ingredients on a cheesy oat cake, I'm sure it's got granules, cheese. Oh, okay. Maybe it's not. Christ, I'm probably talking shit. You, you are. Joe, Joe Brand and I are on to you. No, he probably picks me up in that. <laughs> Culinary expenses. What are you cheese having your granule. tea tonight? Mm, I'm having cheese granules all the time. <laughs> no, no cheese granules. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, so... When you said you got you fed up, I, I mean, I, I really, I didn't think we would start talking about this. To be honest, I was going to ask you about your Valentine's night, and I might go back to it. But um, as you mentioned it, you know, people being um, pretty horrible about your weight in the past. Um, again, watching you as I was growing up, we're growing up, sort of like I don't know, you're a few years older than me, but more or less the same. Um, I, and I, you were so, you kind of really owned your own identity in a really sort of strong way. And I felt watching you, you put yourself down and that really upset me because I had a strange crush on you. And I, I kept thinking, I wish Jo would stop putting herself down. Um, how did you see it from your perspective? What were you doing in terms of the way you were dealing with that? The putting myself down was about trying to be funnier talking about myself than people were shouting things at me. You know, because in the comedy store, for example, in the old days, nobody ever held back. And they would just shout abuse at you um, pretty much nonstop, especially at the Friday Night Late show that started at midnight. Um, and I kind of used to think, if I, can, if I can sort of get in first and do jokes about myself that are funnier than their head calls, and also, to some extent kind of signify that I'm not just not that bothered about what they're saying. I mean, it's all acting in the end, isn't it? Because a lot of the time, if I was getting like massively heckled by virtually the whole audience, which did happen on occasions, I would just stand there and look at them as though I couldn't give a toss. And they would get bored eventually. And I think that as that, that sort of performer, you can kind of take back the power um, in a way just by irritating them or being funnier 
than they are, which is kind of what I always tried to do. But did that not kind of mean that you were almost constantly going into battle to a certain extent, which is quite stressful? Not really, because um, I was kind of used to that in a way, um, because I constantly did battle for about five years with my dad before I left home. Also, I, I kind of felt that that there would come a point in most um, sort of gigs that I, I was doing where people would, would just think, oh, I can't. I can't top this woman, so I'm shut up. And they did a lot of the time, you know. And also, if you do that teacherly thing where you single one of them out and make them Mm. look stupid in front of their mates, that works as well. Mm. Um, Yes. So I did get a bit of a reputation for doing that. And and I think it's just a form of armour, really. Um, Mm. And I didn't want any armour... but I looked sort of well-groomed and I made an effort, which is, I think, what you know a lot of women feel they have to do um, appearance-wise. So on the, the armour theme then, is like Joe Brand, that image of Joe Brand, and obviously you know, you're know you very different now, but if we're going back to, to those days, was Joe Brand the persona that we saw, like almost like a coat that you put on when you left the house <laughs> and then when you went home again, you took it off? Absolutely. I mean, could you imagine how unbearable I would be if I was like that all the time? I'm, I, I mean, I, I'm very different from that. And I mean, particularly having been a nurse, I think people kind of initially thought I was a sort of supercharged nurse ratchet for years because of the way that I'd behave when I was on stage. But obviously, no nurse could behave like that and get away with it, you know. It, I suppose it was just a persona in some ways, and, we, and most other people did that, you know. And there are very few comics, one or two, I suppose, who keep that up when they're not on stage because it'd be exhausting, particularly mm. for their partner. Um, you know, imagine if Tim Vine was at home punning every four <laughs> <seconds. laughs> That would that be unbearable. <laughs> Yeah, you would, you would. Yeah, I mean, because that's another thing, because when when you did, you know, announce that you were getting married and then, of course, you went on to have kids, there was almost an element of surprise, wasn't there? But, oh, this can't be right. She wears Doc Martens. She can't be getting married. Uh, yeah, I think that was down to the kind of image that was created um, by the tabloids in a way. Do you know what I mean? Um, because I, because I, I, I know they were a bit surprised because they... They thought I was I was gay, and the reason they thought that, and well, I knew they thought that is because they phoned loads of people up on the comedy circuit and asked them if I was. Well, it just changed times, I suppose. Um, but I mean, you've you've got daughters now. I think they're kind of well. My daughters are twenty and sixteen. Karen's yours are thirty three and thirty. Yeah. Oh. Um, we talked to her. Well. I think, well, I don't talk to my daughter that differently from the way my mum spoke to me because I think my mum was quite un- unusual. We had a really close relationship and uh, I felt very kind of relaxed with my mum. My hang on, we've got Hello. two dogs here, Joe. I do apologise. <laughs> Karen hasn't suddenly taken up canine ventriloquism. <laughs> Which would be a good gag if you could do it, to be fair. You'd definitely get to London Palladium with that one, I feel. Give me time. <laughs> fucking good, that one. Um you know, and I mean, a lot of our, my conversation with, with her, especially my elder one, is, you know, don't talk yourself down, don't talk yourself down. What is it? There's, well, God, you should know this. You started off in psychiatric nursing, didn't you? But 
if you talk negatively to yourself, that somehow it gets into your brain. And I'm constantly trying to encourage yourself to talk herself up and, and, and not allow these negative thoughts to seep in. Whereas if we're going back to the day that we're talking about with, with you that we grew up in, it was harder, wasn't it? Harsher, I mean. Yeah, it absolutely was. And um, it, I think it, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a subtle thing in some ways because I, I, I know, um, you know, quite a, quite a few people that have talked themselves up too much and they're kind of unbearable, really. Uh-huh. Um, and so it's kind of getting the balance right, isn't it? You know, uh, and... Um, um, I do. I mean, I do agree with what you you say to your your daughters. I think that's fair enough. But you just need to get get a balance, really. But then again, I don't. You know, I don't go around at home like with my daughters doing heckle put downs on them or 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 whatever. It's just normal. How different is your relationship with your daughters than the relationship you had with your parents? Because you said there that you spent five years doing battle with your dad. It's very different. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, what generations do is they sort of swap, don't they, from from what they experienced. Well, either you do exactly the same as your parents did um, or you do the opposite because you think that the way your parents dealt with it um, wasn't the right way to do to do it, really. I mean, with my mum, my mum was out of work quite a lot and... Um, so it was my dad that was there a lot of the time, and he was the one that was like kind of hard work, really. Uh, but I admired my mum tremendously. She was a right gobby old so and so, you know. There's a bit of me that I got from her. She wouldn't put up with any shit or anything, uh, which I think for a woman of her time was actually quite, you know, um, it was it was quite unusual. And she's kind of graffitied buildings and stuff like that. You know, she likes, well, she's not around anymore, that sadly, but she likes a bit of a protest mm. when she got a chance. So what did you butt heads with your dad about? Well, it was it was typical father-daughter thing. You know, you're not going out wearing that sort of hmm. thing or um, you're not having a boyfriend, you're only three. Um, all that, all that kind of thing, really. Uh, plus the sort of, and I, I've kind of talked about it before, probably, but you know, at at nauseam to be honest. But my my dad suffered from depression, and he had like quite a bad temper, and um, so you know, he was a difficult person to navigate around, quite honestly. Mm. Which is interesting when you do get older, isn't it? That you, well, maybe you have, maybe you haven't. Do you reflect back on your, your parents and maybe your dad and, and the relationship that you had and maybe can see your dad in a different way from a bit of distance? Yeah. I, well, I think that the, the huge thing that happened with my dad was was that he refused for absolutely years to get any treatment. And then he was finally talked into it and he went on antidepressants and he virtually overnight turned into a nice person. <sighs> It was really interesting. And I won't push antidepressants to everyone because they're not right for everyone. Um, but for him, it was absolutely eye-opener. And, you know, he was much happier person. His life was completely different. It's kind of sad, really. Mm-hmm. It is sad. It is sad, absolutely, that he went all that time without, you know, without having anything kind of decent for himself. So... 
But in the end, I mean, there was a happy ending. It didn't just go on for his whole life and then that was it. So that's a good thing, surely. So how did life feel for you then at um, 64, 65? 65. Well, I would say the, you know, I, I don't know about you two, and you've probably discussed this on one of your podcasts, but like internally you don't actually feel any different, do you? Well, I, I don't. Mm. It's it's all the external things. It's like how people see you and how you feel. Um, and I definitely do feel quite old, whatever that means. Um, you know, if you if I compare how I used to work eight, nine, ten nights in a row on tour, be travelling all day, two or three, four hours, um, and it, it was easy. And now it's not easy. In fact, it's really hard. And I don't really want to do it anymore, quite honestly. Because um, I want to do things I want to do that feel nice to me, really. Which is like lying down and watching a box set. I've been doing this for about 35 years now. Um, and it's a brilliant job and I love it. But does anything you've done for 35 years, you know, retain its magic? I don't know. Um mm. Particularly not if you're if you're changing, um, you know. And there are aspects of what I do that I suppose I just have got fed up with, really. And and they're normally the the boring bits of them, like travelling and that kind of thing. Um, but you know, I do feel like sort of shifting my life slightly to make it kind of a bit easier. It's funny, you know, you say that though, because I guess that is why we started the the podcast. And obviously, there's lots of well, there's lots of podcasts. Full stop. But lots of podcasts about middle life. Um, but we started this last year when I was approaching sixty, because I was sixty uh, in December there, because it did feel to me that this was different. That this age is different because you do have to kind of make decisions about the way you want to to live your life. And you were saying there shifting. You know, has it lost its magic? And there can be a sadness to that because, you know, someone like you has had such a fantastic career. And we spoke last week to Eamon Holmes, and I think Eamon was pretty open about the fact that he feels a real sense of loss of his career. Um, Whereas, is it a loss if you're going to say, well, you know what, that was great. I've had 35 years, had an absolute blast. It's fabulous, but now I want to do something else. Yeah, it doesn't feel like a loss to me. It just feels like I want to do um, something a bit differently you know because i just don't i don't think that you can function at the the rate that you function at when you get to your mid 60s that you were able to in your 30s can you hear our dog barking now oh but i'm so bloody glad that it is though. i'm so ungrateful <laughs> can you he not bark a bit louder please <laughs> the good thing is that karen is finally blushing joe and i'm, I'm so happy about that this is horrible she never barks at home <laughs> you know what this dog has been here three times it's always barked and karen always says she never barks <laughs> at home she just never barks at home so what are these other things that you would like to do in your life now then if if you don't feel that kind of pressing yearning to get out on stage every night well i suppose things that aren't that aren't very hard work you know i mean you know i've like like for example it's very simple and, and what sort of you but i i love reading for example and i don't get a chance to you know, when you've always kind of worked in the evening, um, I'm not a good reader during the day. I like reading in bed at night. And normally I would get into bed and I'd be so 
off my face with tiredness. I'd just face plant the pillow and start dribbling straight away. But um, <laughs> it just gives me a bit more chance to think about what things I do actually like doing because I think if you have kids and you work as well, then you actually never get a chance to really do what you want to do yourself. So I'm kind of, I've sort of, uh, this is sound weird because it's kind of so on me, but I've kind of learned the piano when I was a kid and I've kind of taken it up again and started trying to learn a bit of, a bit of piano. I'll come around your house and annoy you with that. <laughs> I mean, that is a good thing, isn't it? I mean, I hate to use the hobby word, but that's it, Joe. You've got yourself a hobby. Yeah, I d- yeah it's all right, isn't it? You know, yeah. I think whatever anyone likes doing, they should just do it. And I think, you, you know, categorizing someone and, and not that you were sneering at all, Kay, but people do kind of sneer at that sort of... if. If people that are older want to go and play bowls, let them, you know, it's just let them do what they want to. Let anyone do what they want to. And if people that are older want to not behave like people that are older, let them do that as well. Because I think that's another aspect that, that you, you you kind of edge towards being put in a box, don't you, as you get older. I just heard such a brilliant thing recently that, that a lot of people in who are in residential homes are getting fed up because these lawyers come around and sing to them now. <laughs> and, them. and they're all singing World War Two songs. And most of them haven't got a clue about World War II. <laughs> they want a bit of, you know, the dance or, or the set whistles or whatever it was when, the, when they were young. And I just think if you're not careful, you do just get categorised into such a narrow little little lane and people think that you want to talk about knitting or they think that you know that, that you want to breed patience strong and there's nothing wrong with those but no older people are not interested in that sort of thing well no absolutely and you're right to say the word sneering I mean and I have to kind of watch that I mean obviously Karen and I have a bit of a a joke going on in that she well loves Nordic walking and jigsaws and, and jigsaws and and going in a camper van I even got her you a camper sneer van at her picture but, totally do you well oh, I mean it's a joke <laughs> it's a joke but I you know, know the the real truth is that I'm a bit envious mm-hmm. you know if I'm really being honest because Karen has a contentment that I probably don't have and I'm probably still betwixt and between. I can see that she is happy and content and and I, you know, I applaud that, but I I am not there yet. I'm still stuck in this world that I've been in for 30 years and, you know, and I can see that. And I think I can see the frustration in you when I'm not available to do something and it's like this is work this is work and it's like no actually I've sort of left work behind me I'm ready for the life that I want that I enjoy doing things and doing this podcast is part of that and I really enjoy that but there must be times you think oh it doesn't fit in with what we want to do well yes it is I get very annoyed when you're not available when I need you to be available because I've got a very busy schedule but I mean if you've got so much time could you train that fucking dog to stop barking because really <laughs> so have you passed over then Joe you've passed over into that not just yet Kay not yet no no I don't, no, I don't, mean, I don't mean the mortal alive. coil <laughs> I'd say one foot in both camps probably you know yeah. um 
Uh, talking about Nordic walking as well. Like, <laughs> oh, no, don't, Karen, Joe, please. Very briefly, I um, I did a walk from, um, where was it, Hull to Liverpool for Comic Relief in 2016. And my trainer, Greg, who was like a lovely bloke, but the most cheerful person I'd ever met, and I just really wanted to put a pillow over his face quite a lot of the time. <laughs> Nobody's ever that cheerful. He suggested to me I use walking poles. And I I tried them and I just couldn't because I just felt like a twat. And so yes. I admire you, Karen, because I I would have loved to use them and I and I actually didn't to the detriment of my legs and whatever Knees. else was using hips um, because I felt stupid, you know. So Valentine's Day was it a romantic time in your household? Oh, Joe? shut up. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> well, we I know we got each other a comedy card each, and that was about it, I think. Oh, um, but I I much prefer that sort of thing done as comedy. I find you know I can't I can't do, I can't do it seriously at all. So I got my husband knows what a pedant I am um, about punctuation and spelling. I'm sorry, I really am. Mm-hmm. And so he got me. Um, a Valentine's card, which actually wasn't really a Valentine's card. It was just a, a, a card about misplaced apostrophes. How sad is that? <clears throat> and I got him one which said, um, there was a, a couple uh, sitting in front of the telly and the bloke says, should we watch a rom-com? And she says, no, I want to watch EastEnders because I think someone's going to get murdered tonight. And <laughs> <laughs> that was very much me, um, you know, and how we would be. So, yeah, I, I, I kind of have to do those things as comedy, really. Yeah. We're going to do a quick game of 6 or bingo, but I've got to get my iPad. So, I'd like to put one in. Well, put one in. I had to sit and make up 50 bloody no, questions. You never did a bloody thing. I now you complain you them. about you them. You completely ignored me. You dismissed them. It was really insulting. Well, yours were really um, bad. I think I'd like to ask, when was the last time you told somebody you loved them? Joe, when's the last time you told someone you loved them? Probably about 1943. <laughs> 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 and meant it. Going back years before that then. <laughs> Your children? Do you not tell your children well, yeah, you no, love them? I do. I, do. Yeah. I, say, I say it to my kids. And weirdly, I never thought I would be that sort of mum, but but I am. You know, because my parents would never, you, you, you know, it's it's kind of much more, it kind of flows much easier out of people these days. Not With my parents, you know, if if if, if they'd said, oh, I love you, they they would have felt they had to somehow punish themselves for a week afterwards. That was being a bit too. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm painting them worse than they were, but and my dad wasn't awful all the time. But it just wasn't the dumb thing then. Say no, that. I mean I think it was just a generation, wasn't it? I mean, yeah, I, absolutely, it's very much generation. I was never thing. told. My mum, my told my dad's. My dad's probably said it in a different way, but I never recall my mother ever saying, "I love you." It's not. It's weird. I never thought about that until just now. God, I see it all the time to the kids. Yeah, mine didn't, but then I knew she did, and I think that's the difference. I agree, I agree totally. You know, I mean, I never doubted it, but yeah. she never said the words. Funny, um, another number between 1 and 50, please, Joe. 37. 37. Have you got more to do? Have I got more to do? Yeah, and we don't mean put a washing <laughs> on. No, 
I kind of hope not. Um, <laughs> See, that's the level of question I'm talking about. <laughs> that is actually a good question. <laughs> well, Joe's not struggling at all. No, it, it is a good question, but I think the thing, I mean, I, I take it as you you kind of speaking about ambition or there's mm. stuff in my life that I feel that, that I haven't achieved. But I'm, I was never that sort of person. I mean, when I started comedy, I never thought I would get anywhere. Um, and I like to live a life where everything is a bonus rather than, you know, being disappointed about things you haven't achieved. And I know a lot of comedians who did that kind of 5, 10, 15-year plan thing. By five years, I'm going to have my own series. and 10 years, I'll be in America. But, but, but I never did any of that because I thought that inevitably just leads to disappointment. So you never had an ambition? Um, I always wanted to be able to, in a very general sense, make people laugh, whatever that meant. Um, but I never felt that I want to have my own series or... I just felt I wanted to be funny and then I wanted to keep on being funny. But that was a kind of very generalised thing. So quite honestly, if my comedy career had gone down the toilet after a short time, I would have just done something else and I would have been quite happy, I think. Mm -hmm. Did you never think I want to be rich or, oh, Jesus Christ, I am rich. It's fabulous. No. Not at no, all? I I, no, I didn't. And, and I, I always th I've always thought to myself um, about, you know, this job, if it all goes horribly wrong and I get sued for, you know, hundreds of thousands of pounds and I'm just scared, I'll just, I'll just sell the house and move into a smaller one, you know, and I'll, I'll be all right. But you say that, Jewel. Could you really do that? Do you know what, Kay? I honestly think that I could. And I think that's because I think a lot of people that, that, that sort of do what we do, they, they've had a very kind of gilded life um, before they did it. So, you know, they, they either kind of went to a, a prestigious university or they had um, like wealthy parents and they, they'd never really grafted. I have, I've grafted um, and I was chucked out of home when I was 16 and I had to get a job, and I've always worked. I've never, ever um, not worked. And I've always been very self-sufficient, and I've always been able to to tackle kind of whatever comes my way. And, I, you know, I'm quite happy being like that. Mm. And, and I, genuinely, I genuinely do kind of believe mm. that, that if it all went wrong, I would just do something else. Mm. One last question then, and I promise it's just when you said that. One thing about getting older is that we aren't always able to be utterly self-sufficient and look after ourselves and sort things out as you know you've described that you've taken great sort of pride in all your life which is a good thing does do you think about that at all oh very much yeah and i i um very much do not want to ever be dependent on other people which you know in many ways is kind of inevitable isn't it if you're if you're slim healthy and you don't smoke well i'm not and um so you know i'm hoping it never comes to that or someone will push me off a cliff or something but no i do i do worry about that um because i still think we live in a society whose attitude changes towards people once they get past a certain age or become a certain type of reliant on other people and, and I've seen it 
on many occasions in many different settings and I just really didn't like it and the thought of myself of me being in that position just fills me with horror really you know I almost would rather be shot but don't take that as um, an instruction Kay (laughs) (laughs) what do you think Bonnie (laughs) if she barked right now (laughs) absolutely I'll do it Well, I always like to end on a high, but it can't always happen. So, <laughs> well, the thing is, actually, that that's kind of another thing, isn't it? You know, is absolutely dragging your life out to the complete and utter end when you're in pain. Mm. Um, you know, there's nobody around you that you want to be around you. You've lost friends. Blah blah blah. Is is that is that still better than than God. not? existing anymore and i don't i to be honest i don't know the answer to that myself and i think it's a very interesting question i'll well, let you I, know anyway yeah well and and politically I, I think it's now on the agenda that question isn't it, it i mean that's is yeah totally you know absolutely. um Truly. as we have more and more people who are finding themselves in that situation or loved yeah. ones in that situation and i, I mean who knows legislatively what will happen but i don't think we can avoid it as a very real question, you know, for everyone for any longer, really, can we? Well, no, and I realise why people are reluctant to talk about it. It's a very hard thing to talk about, you know, and I think if it happens to relatives of yours, I mean, I I was in hospital years ago, actually, and there was a woman in the bed opposite me, and um, she's pretty old. I think she's probably sort of early 80s, and she's blind and deaf, and so it's very difficult. And all day long she shouted, please, or someone kill me. Oh, and, God. I mean, it was it was awful. You know, it was awful. And, you know, a bit of me thought, well, I wish I could help. Yeah. You know, I felt so sorry for her. Because the quality of her lovely, sorry, I'm not being much of a comedian. Oh, um, no, well, you're not just a comedian. <laughs> no, quite. The quality of her life was so, it was so empty and so dark and I don't know how we go about that how we make the decisions and any of that is to be discussed isn't it but um yeah Mm. I think there are terribly sad circumstances where people's lives don't mean much to them anymore because of the quality of them so yeah yeah and on that shit yeah on that cheery note (laughs) (laughs) make them laugh no onwards and upwards (laughs) having said that there's something about humor that is very dark Uh that i like you Uh know sort of gallows humor it's it's a i think it's quite a british thing the the americans are different from us though they're quite cheery about everything but i like that sort of I like that self-deprecating, like uh-huh. really kind of, you know, British humour. I think it's great. Well, yeah, I think for a lot it's of Brits, it's where we get our emotion from that maybe we, you know, we're not so in touch with in other places. But if you get it through humour, then uh, yeah, you know, you can still go there. Anyway, listen, Joe, it's been such a pleasure speaking to you. Thank you so much. Thanks for bearing with us and. And the dogs. dogs barking and Christ knows what. It's they're, been really... they're absolutely great. And um, let's all go Nordic walking. <laughs> <laughs> That's music to my ears. <laughs> and to Alison, my instructors. <laughs> uh, somebody got the loaded gun. You give it over here. Thank you very much. <laughs> okay, always available, Kay. Always available. <laughs> what Thanks, a way to Joe. go. 
Thanks. That's it for this week. The boss and I will be back next week with Hayley Biker, Dave Myers, who I can tell you is looking and sounding good. Keep those emails coming, podcast at htb60.com. And if you're enjoying the podcast, please tell your pals. <laughs>